0: No one. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the Gators online show. Zach Alboverde and Nick Del Torre here. and We are going live this week for the first time and hopefully for many weeks to follow. uh, Trying to take advantage of this feature as we recap week one of the 2023 season for the Florida Gators. Not a good one in Salt Lake City. It was a good trick for Nick and I, but uh, not for the Florida football team. Nick and I are now, I think, caught up on sleep. Uh, caught up on what was a felt like almost a week away from home. Uh, and now the Gators are back home on Saturday, Nick.
1: Home opener 730, The mighty Cowboys of McNeese, not McNeese State. Uh, they changed that. Yeah, it was a nice trip out to Utah. Uh, Hotter than I expected until you and Keith went up to uh, the mountains. Um, I had a, a live fantasy draft. We're hanging out with some guys, some friends I hadn't seen in a while. Um degrees to at the
0: top of that mountain, Nick.
1: Mm, yeah, we, we were we were up there like in I think we were still in Salt Lake, and we told somebody who was a local that hey, we're gonna go up there um to park city and they were like oh I, th- I heard it's gonna snow this weekend i'm like it's 85 degrees what do you mean it's gonna snow this weekend <laughs> so they've got some wild weather um out there but beautiful uh beautiful area uh ugly game glad to be back home <laughs> yeah
0: i i would like to lobby for a, a home and home with byu after seeing provo Ooh,
1: provo is beautiful
0: i don't know if florida's gonna go back out to utah
1: all right, well, let me know, get this know. off my chest. Salt Lake's weird. Like, not like Portland weird. Um, but it looks like there was like a bunch of money poured into Salt Lake in like the 70s and 80s, like the, and then and then it just left. Um, I thought it was gonna be a huge city. Then we look it up, and there's like two hundred thousand people that live in Salt Lake. Um Provo, this will rouse some people up. Provo's nicer than Salt Lake City. Oh, easy um, easy and, and easy. Parks- well, you know, that's that's the holy war. They don't want to, you know, people in Salt Lake, Utah fans don't mess with BYU fans. Um, and Park City was better than both of the two. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm unbiased. So all, all of
0: what Nick said is just true. Hmm. So, um, we're going to keep it. Salt Lake, tough scene. Yeah. It was, a, it, and it was a tough scene for Florida. Um, Didn't think it would be that tough, especially when we learned the news uh, about Cam Rising, but that does not make a difference. Uh, We won't spend too much on the game per se, but more on our takeaways uh, from it and kind of what it means for this football team moving forward. Obviously what we want to see on Saturday, and then we will preview this matchup with McNeese. We got the comment section going, so if you guys have any questions at any point, uh, we will go through them and, and try to get to some as well and uh, obviously want to give a, a shout out to our sponsors as well as we always start off with bird dogs and uh, you can go to birddogs.com use the promo code gators for a free tech hat that nick is rocking um and man he's he hasn't had that thing go anywhere
1: since hat. since
0: he got it mailed in um was rocking hat. Hat. was rocking that baby out in utah um we were both rocking uh, the khaki shorts, I actually have them on right now, as a matter of fact. Um, and uh, they really are comfortable. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, uh, but fit way better uh, than regular shorts. Uh, they've kind of fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also have the polo shirts as well that we have really enjoyed uh you know you can get a tumblr as well if you go to their website so make sure you go to birddogs.com use the promo code gators to get you that hat and some of their other merch and as we get into this uh first game for the gators a 24 to 11 loss uh it was uh Never really close. The Gators tried to fight back in the fourth. Uh, they, they certainly had their defense uh, respond from that first drive, uh, but it took a while for the offense to get going, and by the time they did, it was too little too late. Uh, but unfortunately for Nick, uh, his side of the ball, special teams uh, looked the worst in this game. Uh, even his boy, Jeremy Crosshaw was not his night. Um, now, a shank punt is going to happen uh, a missed field goal is going to happen. These are college kickers and punters, but uh, obviously the penalty and now that has been talked about ad nauseum uh, with the Jersey numbers and, the, and then certainly the personnel issues with the field goal and, and only not having enough guys on the field. That was all under the microscope this week, um, but that weren't, those weren't the only issues in the game, obviously um, could not have started out worse for Florida, but I think, in each phase, um, you know, there, there was, I think, offensive and defensively, there were some some positives, uh, kind of hard to take some away from the special teams units other than uh, it can't get much worse, and you got to think that that's not going to happen again. Although I will say one positive was I was glad to see Eugene Wilson, who we'll talk a lot about on this show. Uh, I was glad to see him on punt return. Nick had been calling for it. I didn't think they'd go to it week one, and they did. Uh, yes, he made the freshman mistake of not planting his heels at the 10-yard line. That was something that I'm sure that they drilled into him this week. But regardless, I was glad to see him use. I think he and ETN can be some weapons in the return game. Um, but, Nick, what was some of your overall takeaways, either a certain side of the ball? Um, we can start positive or
1: negative, Nick. <laughs> Let's start negative. Um, <laughs> So I was writing about it, and I saw someone um, say something like, well, is overreacting to one game with special teams. So I went back, and last September, I pleaded. Um, I was like, yo, if you wave your arm in the air when they kick the ball off, the referees will literally give you 25 yards for free. Hey, those are yours. Just wave your arm in the air. Fair catch a kickoff. You get 25 yards. And Florida was in able through three games last year. This is September 24th, 2022. And I'm already complaining about special teams. <laughs> um, so we haven't even, we, we made it three games into the Billy Napier, Chris Couch game changer coordinator era before I was like, yo, this stinks. Just stop it. Just stop it. Um. Then I, two weeks later after the Missouri game, um, wrote about it again. Like, yo, special team stinks. You can't cover anything. Um, and then after the Vanderbilt loss, I was like, yo, you need a uh, a whole new guy. Like, I, it, we didn't make it a full season before. I was like, who Whoever is coaching? And it's nothing against Chris Couch. It could be Zach Albaverde. could have been the game changer coordinator. And I've been like, yo, Zach, probably time to hang hang up the whistle. Uh, it's not working. So we're fourteen games in to. The Billy Napier era and special teams and, have been bad, and I think in calling that out too,
0: you're in some ways maybe you know the structure may be an issue, and that's certainly something that was suggested to Billy this week, which he dismissed as at least being a contributing factor to the uh, jersey mishap, saying it has nothing to do with how they structure their staff. This, I mean, if we're being specific, you know, and he didn't say it, but I mean, this is like a a card jersey issue, awarding a guy a number right before the game and not making the change, or I'm sure that contributed to it. Again, um, well, the, the, the,
1: the three to matter. doesn't matter, what you chalk it doesn't matter because Desmond Watson's on that team. So Desmond Watson and, and Trey Wilson can't be on the field at the same time, and they would have been. Now, uh, Billy has never told us, but Kirk Herbstreit mentioned it on the broadcast that Eugene Wilson was supposed to wear number 33. When he was going to be on that specific team. Uh, and people were like, How do you do that? And and I had to like tell some people on our message board this week, like, no, I think it was South Carolina last year. And it became annoying in the press box because it was on kick return and Florida scored so much that we kept hearing it. It's like number 14 is now wearing number 27. Number 14 is now wearing number 27. And then that kid, like that guy was still on offense too. So like then they would come out for offense. It was like, jersey change number 27 is now wearing number 14 so like if you have it's not unheard of and then you'll see a picture of a guy wearing a jersey that doesn't have his right number and then no name on the back of the jersey Mm -hmm. they're doing like a nascar pit stop hey (laughs) put your arms up they have two people ripping the jersey and and the shoulder pads off and like putting a new one on um, on the sideline. so you can do that um and they might have to do that moving forward um, this isn't a, an Austin Harden, Vernon Hargreaves, uh, you know, switching from 16 to one. And, and you know, what Florida told me at the time was, yeah, it's just a, a special teams conflict. That's not what it was um, with the three and the, and the 21. Like 21 is going to be an issue also. Yeah.
0: And, you know, you would like to say that this won't happen again, but because of the double numbers, I guess it can happen. There is the potential
1: for it to happen again. You know, if lineups I mean, you're, change, if, you're if gonna player availability changes... You're going you to have know, double numbers. The NFL doesn't have them because they have 53 guys on a roster. There's a, over 115 guys on Florida's roster and 100 numbers And when you include uh Baby J's number zero. like There's going to be double numbers. If you're trying to make and appease kids, Um you're going to have two number ones, you're going to have two number two, you're going to have a bunch of single digit guys that are in the same number. It's on the coaching staff to make sure the right guys are on the field at the right time.
0: Yeah. And, and, and speaking of, you know, being on the coaching staff, uh, I, I mean, I obviously, a, another huge criticism, Nick was, was the offense. And, and I, I guess more specifically the line, the procedural issues, um, the play calling, um, I wrote and it was, was my opinion that, you know, I, I think that the, uh, the, the play calling was handicapped by the offensive line play. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if some of those issues would have occurred or I don't want to say, I don't necessarily know. I'm pretty confident that those issues would not have occurred. Uh, if Kingsley and had been available in that game, uh, specifically, obviously, some of the issues with the with the, with the false starts and, and some of the legal formations, um, you know, one of those false starts was specifically on Slaughter. And again, I, I didn't think Slaughter played a bad game at all. But when you remove a guy that has started 26 consecutive games, he's the only full time returning starter on your offensive line. And then you take him out for a road opener against a top 15 team. And I know they had players out on defense, but that's, that's a, and you've got a new quarterback on offense. You've got some other new starters on offense. Like I get it. There's a reason why it looked sloppy at times and didn't look good at times. And, you know, you know, on top of that, you had, um, you know, you had Utah stacking the box against Florida, basically daring them to throw the ball and, and trying to take away the running the the running game. and uh, I mean, I don't know how you feel, Nick, but I mean, as 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 like they say, take what the defense gives you. They were basically daring Florida to throw the ball and and Graham merged through it over forty times. And uh, I think there was a stat that came out this week from Shane Matthews about completing over thirty percent of or you know, over seventy percent of his passes, having thirty completions. In over 300 yards, he did enough in the passing game, I think, for four to be successful in that department. Now, could they have executed some things better? Could Billy maybe call some things better? Sure, but, I mean, there's a reason they got away from the run game. There's a reason that they went so pass-heavy, and they were also down. That contributed to it as well. But, like, I I don't think we're going to see that offensive attack or, you know, approach from the Gators – a lot this season. And I also think that the offensive line is going to get better as the year goes. Maybe it won't. Um, but I, I, it's definitely going to get better when Kingsley comes back.
1: Well, uh, first off, Shane loves, loves him some Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz's numbers are inflated. I don't think he played bad, but 21 of his 33 completions didn't travel more than nine yards in the air. Um, and that was just that's but, that, but that's, that's a byproduct of him not having have, time. It is, but at what point are you is your offense dictating what defenses do and you're not just waiting to see what a defense is doing and then adjusting your game plan? Sure. But
0: I think that when you have a brand new offensive line and a and a first time starter at center and they're just getting whipped up front. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> no, you're that's, handicapped.
0: That's true. You're, you're handicapped as a play caller. And yeah, I you think know they
1: threw eight or nine screen passes, and that was because you can't run the ball. To me, it looked like new the New England Patriots when then when they couldn't run the ball, and Tom Brady was just throwing outlets and throwing screen passes, and that becomes and, your running game. And I get it. Fans don't like seeing screen passes. I get it, but that mm-hmm. that
0: as Nick just said, that is what they did to – try and still gain yards since they weren't doing it on the ground. And I thought some of their screens were effective. Obviously the ones that they threw to Trey Wilson were very effective. Yeah. Uh, And and what
1: what J.F. Gibbons says here, the blueprint's out. Like the blueprint on how to attack Florida's offense is out right now. And it's, you know, we call the NFL a copycat league, but then you look at that and you're like, well, we'll try it. You know, if you're a defensive coordinator, hey, that worked. Let's try that. now. Like, McNeese doesn't have the size, the speed, or the athletes that Utah has. They might not be able to effectively run that same game plan, but Tennessee does, Kentucky Kentucky does, does. Georgia (laughs) certainly does, LSU does. So, like, there is a blueprint out. And until you show that you can beat that style of defense, that you can beat that game plan, you're going to continue seeing it. And they're going to have – I mean, they they did spread it out some – to get
0: Utah out of those boxes, and they're going to have to do that more often. And I think they've got the receivers to do it, especially now that we're going to get more of Eugene Wilson, which we'll get into. But I just – I'm not ready to panic yet on the offense. As ugly as it looked at times, um, it was not pretty. I'm not sugarcoating that whatsoever. I just – you know, I can understand in some aspects why it looked the way that it did, and I can also – um I also feel like that, that there's a chance that some of those issues are going to improve. Maybe not all of them. Um, you know, maybe there's going to be some spots where the Gators are just, are, are just weak there. But um, I don't know. I, I think that Kingsley being out was a huge loss, not Graham Mertz, Billy Napier, Austin Barber will say it and nobody's going to do it. Cause they don't want to point the finger at Jake Slaughter, but him being out had an,
1: had a huge impact. It did. Um, and, no, know. I think we differ a little bit here. I don't know that Kingsley coming like you're not. He's not a first team All CC He's not a first team All American. Like you're but not. But in terms of your communication and keeping that, I get all these that.
0: guys that are new starters that have never played in a game on the road, and like he's the he's their anchor. He's the sure. guy that settles them down. And now you not only do you lose that, but you lose a guy that has no anchor. He's out there just swimming trying to figure out I've never started in a game before it's, it makes a difference man it maybe makes the a offensive difference
1: line wasn't as good last year as we thought they were how much how many sacks does anthony richardson take in salt lake city maybe one he's gone so sure. you had osiris torrance who was second round pick first team consensus all-american you return austin barber and then you've got a bunch of new guys outside of kingsley who didn't play maybe the offensive line last year wasn't as good as we Proclaim them to be because Anthony Richardson's running ability makes you play hat on the hat. Makes oh, defense Osiris Torrance was pretty good, though. He was pretty good. I get that. But I think <laughs> AR bailed out Florida's offensive line. I think we There's talked no doubt. so highly about the line, but AR bailed him out. Like Graham Mertz, Anthony Richardson does not take five sacks in Salt Lake City. He just doesn't. No, That doesn't happen. And if Anthony Richardson had come back, we're probably talking way differently about the offensive line, regardless if Kingsley's in or not. Because they wouldn't have given up those sacks. You probably still would have had the same false starts, things like that. A holding penalty. Um uh, not uh, Billy's, about sacks. Did you hear Billy's gripe about the sack yardage?
0: How yeah. Really the sack,
1: so sack yardage in the NFL and college used to both count against your rushing yards. So now Florida's negative 47 or 43 yards in sacks goes against Florida's running total, which was trash anyway. So, it's not like you would have had a good running game minus the sack totals. Yeah, he was like, we're behind in college football. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, that's that's an offensive coach thinking. Like, hey, the sack yards needs to be taken away from like total team yards, not from like an individual. Like, listen, the running game wasn't going anywhere regardless of the sacks. But he's making that point to say we didn't rush for 13 yards. Like, yeah, Graham did. Mertz
0: rushed for 18 yards just on his own, but his 47 sack yards put him at negative 29. But he actually rushed for 18 yards. I mean, he he showed something on that third and long scramble, dude. Took the hit, didn't slide,
1: fumbled tough. the ball out of bounds. <laughs> it's tough as boot leather, man.
0: Um, And then they false started on the next play. Ah, Back beautiful. We missed nope. the field Good thing they have two offensive line coaches. Well – they're gonna have to whip those boys into shape. Um, maybe you need three. All right, we've talked offense. We've talked <laughs> uh, special teams. Defensively, the bright spot was it, well, it, you know, it, did, it, it didn't start out bright. It was not a. It was not a good start. But uh, man, did they respond! They should have had three straight punts, if not for that penalty. I mean, they did force three straight punts. The punt actually happened. It just got negated. <laughs> they did. They did, they did. They the defense actually and, came off the field three straight yeah. possessions after that big play, and then they had to go well, back I, on the know, field. If, if Jason Marshall would have
1: also been off the field, then it would have been it would have been three. I, um, I'm, I'm not blaming it, the players in that situation. No, 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 no. I appreciate Jason Marshall's um candor this Monday. Asked about it, he <laughs> frankly he just goes, Yo, that sucks. <laughs> like like we just did what we need to do and something stupid happens. And now we're back on the field. Three plays later, they're in the end zone. Like Utah had, I think one long time, you know, time of possession, 10 play ADR drive on the defense. They had one blown coverage, very start of the game. And then uh, something after the interception. And then, you know, the fourth touchdown is after um, the punt. Like the defense did not play poorly. And only, yeah, you, yeah. you can make an argument that like, okay, well, like, uh, so like in, in, uh, the British soccer league, they call Chelsea's game plan. They park the bus. If Chelsea gets up one, they play keep away with the ball. I think <laughs> at some point Utah's up 21 three, and now they're just trying to keep Florida offensively in front of them. Uh, and then, then when Utah's on offense, like, Hey, we're not trying to, we got these new clock rules. We're, we're in no, no rush, no hurry. Um, so, I, I think you know, maybe some of Florida's defensive wins might be creative. Like, Utah's not trying to be aggressive, sure. Uh, and then Graham Mertz taking what the defense gives him that's why he completed 70% of his passes because they're just throwing in front of the sticks. And Utah's like, that's fine, we will give you three to seven yard completions. Yeah, I mean, and, the and that's the-, the thing is like they show, I mean, the
0: throw to Mar- the two throws to Marcus Burke, like. They can push it down the field. They just need to do it more, you know. Um, and, and
1: I think that that play to Marcus Burke was was really designed well. I think he came. Um, it's kind of like a little rub route where they have two guys crossing, and and Burke's guy just got completely lost on that play. And um, he's a guy. I wonder why doesn't he play more? I think it might be uh, more off the field. Uh, I'm just trying to connect dots here because athletically, all the talent in the world. Like, what is, what's the disconnect? What piece of the puzzle is not fitting? And all the pieces on the field, I think, fit. Now, he did have, um, he lined up wrong, got a procedural penalty, uh, and then uh, dropped in the depth chart, which, you know, who knows how much depth charts mean. Uh, well, he's questionable at least. Yes. Um,
0: so, defensively, I mean, I, I, I put out my assessment at Gators online of just some of the some of the numbers that jump out about that first performance. And, you know, I don't want to put too much stock into it, just like I don't want to put, you know, too much overreaction to the offense. Um, but, man, there was there, there was a lot to like about how the defense played. On third down, um, some of the personnel groupings that he used, obviously the way that he used them and attacked uh, Utah was, was really exciting to see. Um, you know the the one thing that I that I would say that they can work on, and and I'm sure that he'll harp on. Not only did they not get any sacks, I mean they got after the quarterback, but they just didn't get any get to him. Um, but Jason Marshall mentioned it: the sudden change. That was a term that uh, Will Muschamp used to use, of you know, kind of dealing with that defensively when you you're playing well and you're getting stops and you're forcing punts, and then all of a sudden something happens on offense and there's a turnover. Or all of a sudden, you have to go right back on the field and you got to deal with that sudden change. Um, that was the only thing that defensively, after that first touchdown, they did not deal well with. Every time that um, they scored was basically off of a sudden change, six so eight, I guess, except for the shank. But, you know, we, we mentioned the punt, obviously, with two players. That changes. The defense has to go back out on the field, and they drive the ball down and score. And then they force a punt, obviously, in the second half, uh, and Graham, o- Graham Mertz throws that touchdown backed up against his own end zone in another sudden change situation. they got to go out there. Now, that's you know your own 11-yard line. That's a really tough predicament to go and defend in. But you know, I'm sure Option Armstrong would say go out there and stop him and force a field goal. You know, um, and they weren't able to do that, but it's hard to hard to hold that against the defense. And then, you know, even the other uh, score that they gave up where, um, you know, they, they basically got the ball at the 46 yard line in Florida territory because of the shank punt and the defense only gave up 14 yards. Now, if that's not a 21 yard punt and he boots it all the way to the other side of the field. Utah's punting back to Florida. Instead, they kicked the field goal. Um, so some of the stretches that they had there, um, you know, multiple drives, forcing punts, um, guys making plays. It, it was it was an encouraging performance, Nick, from in Arson Armstrong's debut.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, only, what was it, like 3 of 13 um, on third down. Um, vastly improved. Um, over last year, um, I think the biggest takeaway I had was um, how many young guys were in and making plays. I think T.J. Searcy probably had the best game um, of the freshman, but Will Norman gets in. Uh, Kelby Collins gets in. Jakeem Jackson gets in. Sharif Denson gets in. Like, and with Jadarius Perkins, we'll get into this later, but with Jadarius Perkins leaving like Sharif Denson's next man up now. Now it's Jaden mm-hmm. Hill, then Sharif Denson. Um oh I I said TJ Cersei was the best. I'm completely forgetting about Jordan Castell, um who who gets a who gets the most playing time, finishes second on the team in tackles. Uh, don't love safeties leading <laughs> leading the defense in tackles. Um typically not great. Um, would rather your your linebackers do that. Uh Shamar James did lead the team in tackles now. Um uh, there's a lot of youth, and and I've said this, um, I've written this over and over again. The best players on this team are guys that have been recruited by this staff, whether it's the transfer portal or uh within the last fir- the first two recruiting classes. So you're gonna take lumps because there's not that. There's there's more guys that are freshmen, retro freshmen, sophomores than there are transfer portal guys that are going to make an impact. It's just going to be a young team, and you're going to take lumps all year long. Um, you, Trey Wilson. As much as I'm excited about Trey Wilson, you, you you can't fair catch a punt inside the ten, inside the five. Just you
0: can in high school. He thought he yeah, thought he was still at game. Like
1: yeah. In high school, like hey, he probably the punt where he caught it, where he was running backwards and catches it over his shoulder. I'm like, dang, that was impressive. Great catch. Also, now your your momentum is carrying you towards the goal line, and there's four guys wearing red within eight yards of you. In high school in high school, that's probably sixteen broken ankles. Um in college That's a bad play. Uh, So you're going to get fresh from mistakes like that. Like I like him going out there being aggressive. Um, Mm -hmm. I was sitting here pounding the table being like, there's no need to have Ricky Pearsall return punts. You've got a guy who's probably more athletic than Ricky Pearsall. Who's a freshman who doesn't mean as much to the offense right now as Ricky Pearsall does on kickoffs. Eugene Wilson does not mean what Montreal Johnson or, uh, Trevor Etienne, due to the offense, and he's probably better at kickoff return than they are. No need to have anyone else back there. Although now, uh, maybe I should be the game changer coordinator at Florida. That's that's whistle.
0: that's really what you've been lobbying for this whole Give time. Give <laughs> me
1: away. We would be punting more. I'll tell you that. Might punt on first down. Oh, they could
0: not let let you get in control of that. Um, so well, that's enough about. That uh, we are going to move on to this week and this matchup. Uh, Before we do that, I want to give a shout out to My Perfect Franchise. Uh, If you are ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, looking for a side hustle while working your current job, wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership with franchises. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling and texting him at 404-973-9901. And now we turn our attention to this week and uh, what was... According to Billy and the players, uh, some tough Wednesday and Thursday practices after some, uh, sound like some tough love when they got back from Salt Lake City. Billy basically addressed the team before they began game prep. And according to Jonathan Odom, basically gathered all the players and the message that he delivered was, we're not going to be okay with losing here. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I felt like Billy was maybe just a little bit more animated this week, or a little bit more. And mean, like when he said that thing about you know nobody wants to win more than the players, um, showing some emotion this week. Uh, and I know he's under the under fire, but um, it, it sounds like they absorbed this loss a little differently than they did maybe some last year. And um, he does not want them to get used to this feeling and made that clear. This is not okay.
1: I'd be interested. Um, and if you're in here, we got almost hundred people in here, hit the like button uh, helps spread the show. Um, I'd be interested how fans take that comment. Cause I think it's accurate. Um, but also like, unless you're like Kyle Whittingham and you've been in a program for nearly two decades, like you're just hired. Like coaches are just loyal to whoever's cutting the check that specific season. So fans who have been fans of the university of Florida donated money, time, energy. um, It's not the same as what like the players are doing and they're that's literal blood, sweat, and tears. And unless you're fighting at the tailgate, which you shouldn't do, I don't know that there should be much blood on a fan basis going into a game on Saturday. Um, So I'd be interested in what the fans think about that. Cause like, I get it. Like, yes, they are in it every single day inside that building and they're spending time away from their families, whether it's recruiting or doing all of this, I get it. And I agree with the statement. I just don't know at this point, 14 games in eight losses that it's the time to be like, Nobody wants it more than us while the fans are going through potentially three straight losing seasons. One of those responsible for, but the last time Florida had three straight losing seasons was during World War II when able-bodied men were fighting Nazis, not playing college football. So like, it's not a great spot that Florida's in right now. And to be like, nobody wants it more than us. They're like, cool. Turn that want into action. In, in doing so like I, I when I heard that I'm like yeah I agree with you don't know what the fan base will think about being told that hey we want it more than you do they want they want we want wins yeah and right now Florida's on a four game
0: losing streak hard to come by those wins the last season um and you know that's that's I think I don't know Nick just
1: feeling the temperature in Gator Nation this week well look though. it's like Let's, uh, let's pop up. Harrison, talking season's over, Zach. We said that on the show two weeks ago. Yeah, talking Time's season's over. To prove it.
0: I mean, just, uh, just taking the temperature in Gator Nation, I, I mean, fans are a little bit antsy. They're, I mean, th- th- that, that first loss did not go over well. And I think so much of this is just they have not seen the Gators win a game. It's been a minute. They have not won a game since their last game in the Swamp. Um, so one storyline more than anything is just, you know, they got to go out and win. They got to get this stank of losing off of them and off of their program, uh, before they get ready for a must win game two weeks from now.
1: Yeah. Well, here's Elliot. I understand what he is saying, but the fans care, even when the coaches and the players move on, Brandon here. Fans don't go in the transfer portal players. Do. I've, seen, I've seen some, I've seen some Twitter, uh, notes by like, yeah, well, my fandom, I'm going in the portal. I think they, <laughs> think they always come there, back. There's
0: definitely been some respect. My decision, uh, <laughs> notes
1: that we've seen. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's a great note though, Zach, a, a, a storyline to look for. Like Florida is on this four game losing streak. Um, and, uh, you need to listen. Uh, there's not a ton to talk about McNeese. Like, here, let me run through their last game against mighty Tarleton, the, the mighty Tarleton Texans. Um Tarleton had 30 first downs, rushed for 210 yards, uh, on five point three per carry. Um, that's including sack yards. Uh they netted <laughs> 344 passing yards on 20 of 34 did throw two interceptions, but averaged 10.1 per attempt and 17.2 per completion. They had 550 yards of offense. That's what who Florida's, that's who was playing this week.
0: You, you forgot the most important
1: stat. Oh, 52 points.
0: Oh, yes. yes. Don't, don't Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan.
1: Sorry, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> I, just, I went I went up with all Dan's stats, all the yards. Outgained them. Outgained them. Outgained out, out them. Florida outgained um, Utah. At
0: least Billy didn't say
1: that. That's a win, baby. Mark <laughs> it down. That means my pick last week was right. Florida won. Um, That's who Florida That's that, That's what the team Florida is playing. That's what their defense was able to do last week against the Tarleton Texans. Um Florida's is a 26 and a half point favorite. If Florida doesn't cover 26 and a half, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough on Sunday, Sunday morning. Um, this is a get right game. This is a mm. game that you can feel good about yourself, that you should be able to feel good about yourself. If we burned and buried the Utah tape, then I I think this is one that you're going to want to watch. Your iPad hours are going to be high on Sunday. Um, You're going to start seeing some retweets of some clips. Um, It's a game you can't look past them, but it's, it's a game you have to win. It's a game you should win handily. It's a game where Max Brown should be playing in the third quarter. And I thought that was one of my takeaways from the depth chart was, Jack Miller made the trip, but was in street clothes. Yeah. Max Brown's QB two right now. He's never, he's taken the exact same number of snaps in college football as you and me. Yep. You need to get him ready because if Jack's not going to be ready, you're a twisted ankle, broken bone, sprained throwing thumb away from Max Brown being the starting quarterback. And he's never taken a snap. So I knocked you on wood need, unlike Jonathan Odom. You need to, at this point, I don't care about being nice. If you can get in a position where you're up 40 to nothing going into halftime, good. Let Max Brown go in and let him run the offense like Spurrier. Listen, we're just running right. our offense. We're not running the All score. We're just running our offense. We're not running the score up. You need That second half is yours, reps. Max. You need to get Max Brown some reps. If the offensive line is, is going to let Graham Mertz get sacked, five times a game, I think Graham Mertz is, like I said earlier, tough as as boot leather. But if he goes down, you don't want Max Brown's first snap to be trailing by 10 at home to Tennessee at night. Get Max Brown some reps this week. Put yourself offensively and defensively in a position where you can get a bunch of freshmen or a bunch of rookies, young guys, reps against McNeese.
0: And it goes without saying that storylines to watch will be, no special teams miscues whatsoever and no procedural penalties along the offensive line um, that goes like, those are one a one B and I think on Nick's note, just seeing more young guys, Eugene Wilson is going to make his first career start with Khalil Jackson and some other receivers banged up. You're going to have Jakeem Jackson probably getting some more playing time at cornerback with Devin Moore out. And now Sharif Denson is your backup star with the departure of Jadarius Perkins, who announced on Thursday that he is entering the transfer portal one game into the 2023 season. So um, that was a situation where it was uh, Hill or Perkins, even though Hill played 23 snaps in that first game and Perkins played six. So it was really Hill's job. And now Denson steps in there as the backup, and you got Bryce Thornton as well, uh, third string. And But you, know, you got one less guy at that star spot now. Um, maybe they work somebody else in there as well to create some depth. But uh, I'm excited to see some of these young DBs get opportunities, uh, some of the young defensive linemen, uh, Jaden Robinson at linebacker like to your point Nick this is the game that Florida should be winning comfortably and able to rest their guys um and get some younger ones experience
1: and, and Billy wasn't going to say it so, so I'll yeah, say no, it he point. didn't like the question Listen, you shouldn't see it uh, we don't shouldn't think shouldn't in do those that. terms that's cool let me do it I'm, I'm the commentator I will think in those terms for you and if you aren't thinking in those terms and it causes your game to be, if, if McNeese covers, I will then let you know after the game, Hey, maybe you should have been thinking in those terms. Um, the, uh, but getting back to, to your Perkins thing. Um, I, I think I had Perkins like in the spring on transfer watch cause I knew he was gonna be a graduate. He had to graduate to be able to transfer, um, super weird timing right now. Um, and it, it's it's strange because you, have, you had an opportunity. You were going to graduate, and you could have done this before the season. Now you're one game into the season, and it's deuces. Like, I don't like that. And now you've had, I think, a couple guys, and, and if you're listening to this and I'm wrong, please correct me, and we'll correct it here. But I think you've had a couple guys leave the team last year in the middle of the season, which I think is more excusable because it's a first-year coach, to me, I, I don't know all of the circumstances behind it. Probably just not happy that he's not playing. Um, you know, in the off season, he tweeted he's the best nickel in the country, um, and then he played six snaps, so he's definitely not happy about his usage there. Um, but I thought it, it, it's weird timing to to leave the team one game into the season. Like, what are you going to do the rest of the year? What are you going to be to the next? Well, he's team? Pre- I mean,
0: He's preserving his last year
1: right i get that um but you could still stay out and practice stay in football shape like what what shape are you going to be in when you go to to your point
0: there are players who've made that same decision and know that they're not the know that they're leaving and know that they don't want to play more than four games but still stay with the team Mm -hmm. four ahead
1: guys mitchell mitchell last year um preserved his four games so he'd have his sixth year be able to use sure. his year um and that was on a team that went to the the college football playoff so i don't know to me it looks selfish i don't know all the all the uh background of it though so it might not be there might be a different reason um from the outside looking in it looks selfish uh, yeah maybe the team now if you're a tennis player and you're in this or a golfer and you want to withdraw from a tournament sure uh, you're not hurting anyone else but yourself, and maybe your caddy, um, but you're on a team. I do want to
0: uh, touch on the offensive line before we kind of uh, put a bow on this. But we had a question. Gosh, I can't remember where it was. Um, but it was basically Nick. Uh, we we had a comment that that wanted to know, you know, what can Florida do, or what did Florida try to do? To help out its offensive line, Um, you know, with some of the struggles that they were having, especially at the tackle spots. Uh, You know, one thing that could, uh, that we could see is Lindell Hudson. He, from the sounds of uh, Napier, sounds like he wasn't available last week or they weren't ready to play him yet. Maybe he was healthy, but they weren't comfortable playing him yet because of all the time he missed in camp. Sounds like now they are and they intend to play him and rep him in this game. I think that's important to develop that depth. They need more obviously on the offensive line. And I think it's also going to be important just to see against inferior competition how the entire offense does blocking because as Billy was um, you know, was pointed out uh, to defend his unit, to defend his offensive line, not all of the protection and um procedural and illegal formation issues were on the offensive line um you know i I know that the tight ends have some issues in blocking the running backs had some issues picking up blocks so just across the board they need to do better in this game they need to be able to establish the run and as nick wrote get back to their identity and they should be able to do that against this team i mean just point bank period so um that's got to look cleaner and, and more dominant uh aside from just not having any false starts, which is going to be easy to do at home, the, the the manner in which they block and how they're able to dominate the line of scrimmage needs to be seen in this game because it was nowhere to be found last week.
1: Well, you know, uh, I'm looking up, I looked up the uh, defensive line uh, for McNeese. One guy that plays is over 300 pounds. Um, there's, there won't be an excuse this week. No, no excuses.
0: And uh, we're going to get into uh, kind of the final uh, segment of this show. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Prairie Dental Center. The doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and has developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems, along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of personalized care options to meet your individual needs. Give their office a call, 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you, and your new patient exam will be free. Well, as we put a bow here on this matchup, the home opener for the Gators, 7.30 in the swamp, the Gators back Uh, home for the first time since uh, senior day last year against South Carolina. This will be not only the first ever matchup between Florida and McNeese, but also Florida's first ever matchup against a Southland Conference opponent, Nick. Yeehaw. So um, the Gators' uh, streak as well is on the line of 33 straight home openers, which leads the NCAA. Uh, Again, this should be a runaway for Florida but, Nick, outside of some of the storylines to watch, um, what are your thoughts on this game, feelings on this game? How do you think it's going to go? And what does Florida need to do on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I th- uh, the number one thing for me is clean up all the procedural stuff. Um, I think Florida, the roster and where they are as a program right now, the margin of error is so thin. You can get away with that, those nine penalties this week, but I don't want to see them. Um I don't think this is a trap game. <laughs> You've lost four in a row. I get the Tennessee's next week, the SEC openers next week, um, TV, 730, big game. Um, maybe if you beat Utah and you're feeling good about yourself and, and you're drinking your own Kool-Aid, then it's a trap game. But, like, you you better come ready to play this week, and I don't care who the opponent is, you haven't won since last November. Uh, it's, it's it's been a while, um, to, to, you know, have the club dub in the locker room as they say, Zach. Um, (laughs) so clean up the procedural penalties, get yourself in a position where you can get Max Brown, um, Najee Harris, um, Jordan Herman, guys who at some point you might have to rely on who aren't playing right now or didn't play in the opener, Get them reps. This is a game where you can get them reps. This is a game where you should leave feeling good about yourself. Um, let Scott Strickland and the UAA write the check, hand it over to McNeese. Thank you for coming. But this is a game where you should leave feeling good about yourself. Clean up procedural issues. Um, continue being good on on third down on defense and get some young guys um, some playing time. There's really not much to write about matchup wise Florida versus McNeese. McNeese is going to throw the ball a lot. Um, they were pretty even last week, but they're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, get your hands on the ball. Get a sack. Get a sack. We heard about havoc and getting pressure on the quarterback. Zero sacks for Florida last week at Utah. Yeah. That was
0: one of the things that they weren't able to accomplish on defense. Uh they gave them credit for getting the ball out quick, but, uh, and I'm sure they're going to see that again this week with this team. Um, Brandon writes: the goal should be to get the offense up big early, and as Nick said, get max reps in the second half, all gas, no breaks. Tyreek Sapp says he wants all the smoke.
1: Nick, you listen, SC pride. Tyreek Sapp, if when football ends for him, whenever that is motivational speaker he's gonna be on tour i want i want i want tyreek sap to come back and talk to the gators in 10 years yeah he's uh he's he's quickly became become one of the fan favorites
0: and uh, media favorites um he's always a great interview and um obviously they're gonna have to get after the quarterback in this game you know that is for me nick something that i do think You know, it is a good warm-up for Florida uh, in the matchup with Tennessee is this air raid offense that McNeese is going to come in with um, against the Florida secondary that's now down Jadarius Perkins, that's down Devin Moore, that's going to be relying on basically freshmen at every single – all three positions in the secondary corner, uh, nickel, and safety. Um, How do these guys handle an air raid attack that, you know, they should – they're going to have the advantage from a talent standpoint and, you know, seeing how Austin kind of what he does schematically to defend that, but just knowing that Tennessee is going to come in this thing two weeks from now, throwing that ball. Um, I don't think that they're going to be uh, operating at the volume that they were with Hendon and hooker, but we know that Joe Milton is going to come in here uh, with Josh Heupel and they're going to try and throw this thing around. It's not going to be necessarily the same style as what we'll see from McNeese. Uh, But I think that this is a good warm-up for Florida just to see, you know, where they're at, especially as a young secondary. Um, And then offensively, yeah. I mean, get back to your identity. Uh, You know, this is a game where you should dominate the line of scrimmage. You should be able to get your, your backs much more involved. I will say that they, you know, I think total they had 17 touches for like 84 yards if you count in the amount of passes that they caught. So Billy did try to get them the ball in other ways uh, when it was clear that they could not run. Uh, that's not going to be the case on Saturday. Those guys should get plenty early. You should be able to also see plenty of uh, Trey on Webb as well. Would like would like to see Jacoby Jackson in this game, right? I mean, let's uh, let's get those guys some experience. And because, I mean, Florida's – they're running back depth and obviously has taken a hit since the Cam Carroll injury. So, um I think they need to regain some confidence uh, this week. I'd also like to see, you know, Trey Wilson, although this is maybe not the game where you got to force feed him as much because you should be able to win fairly easily. Um, let's see Trey Wilson at least, if not more involved in the offense, on the field more. Um, you know, I mentioned this to you, Nick, but he he had that carry in the first quarter and didn't touch the ball again until the fourth. And I know that it was his first game, they're kind of probably working them into, uh, you know, the game and getting his feet wet. But he's clearly showed that he's ready. Now he's starting, um, and I, obviously that's not going to be an issue now. But I, I just love to see more of a number three, but just not twice on special teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Get, uh, <laughs> listen, force him the ball. Have, have a have a have a, a trade day. Have a Trey Wilson uh, coming out party. Um, on Saturday, um, I don't want to hear. Save them for Tennessee, Nick. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear. Well, we were pretty vanilla and didn't want to show. Ten- Shut up! I don't want to hear any of that. You now, haven't, now, you've now lost to the four vanilla point, game. they should no. be able to just throw, line up
0: throw. and run the ball down their throat, though. Like they should be you able should. to do that and not show a lot.
1: You should, um, but also air it know. out, throw some yeah. deep passes. Give me something. Yeah. I need Florida needs. Florida needs McNeese to have given up at least 1000 yards through their first two games. If, like, <laughs> Florida needs 500 yards of offense. Uh, if you can't match what Tarleton state did, then, then we've got some issues. Run the, Obi. run the dang ball. Obi says, run it down their throats. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice, nice Photoshop ability there.
0: Uh, well, we'll. I think obviously no surprises here on our our picks. Uh, Nick and I are not going to differ this week. Um, we're we're both going forward. I don't think we're going to have any upsets from Gators Online, even though we do have one five and seven prediction from one of our writers for the season that I
1: don't think he's backing off of. Nick Corey is strong. Uh, on his five and seven pick, I think. what well, I think I was seven and five. I was I nine and four eight. last year. You went no, 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 no. What was your prediction this year for Oh, oh I went eight and four. Yeah, yeah, you were one less than me. Yeah, eight and four is a pipe dream at this point, brother.
0: Yeah, they they needed to win Saturday to to probably make that happen. Um, yeah. Although I feel like they need to string together some wins not just they they don't need to just end the losing streak but they need to start a winning streak. Ah. <laughs> What's a streak, 2 or 3? Uh, it's 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 4. Go four. Nope. Nick has already made up his mind about Lexington, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah but understand. he's also made up his mind about Knox or or should I say uh Tennessee coming to Gainesville. Uh I, I think though you still... Well, I guess we'll, we'll save that for next week. Just to we'll see. Bob, blow up, my, blow up my next four picks. <laughs> well, I mean, the, hey, depending on what you see uh, this weekend, that, that that could change your tune.
1: Yeah, well, I've got Florida this week. You've got Florida. Um, would love to see somebody somewhere pick McNeese. That would be a call. Like That's me back in that. 2013, picking Georgia Southern. That's not happening. Well, um...
0: This was fun. I appreciate everybody for uh, listening as we did live this week to switch it up. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our final sponsor, uh, Rogueshop.com, and I want to encourage all Florida fans to go check them out if you have issues uh, with sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety or stress. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, massage oils, pain creams, and topicals. It's a true small business, five employees, and they make all of their products with their own cannabis grown in their manufacturing facility. Visit rogueshop.com. That's R O G U E S H O P.com. And that will do it for us this week. Um, appreciate everybody for following along, uh, commenting in the comment section and um, we'll definitely have more coming for you guys in in the days that follow. Make sure that you like and subscribe. Make sure that you are on Gators online to check out all of our coverage. It's the first home game so you know it's going to be a big recruiting weekend for the Gators. Make sure you're following Corey and Keith for all of their coverage on that side of things as well. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Abelverde.
1: Plus